Welcome to Witches Being Witches. Spiritual besties chatting all things stars, skin, science, sex, and self-love. I'm Tara, Ayurvedic consultant, cosmic witch, and Vedic astrologer. And I'm Emily, qualified naturopath, holistic skin witch, and founder of natural skin and lifestyle brand, The Purist Collection. Witches Being Witches is for the woman who is ready to reclaim her power, dares to take up space, and expresses herself fully. A witch is a woman who embraces nature, its cycles, and knows that she is magic. Welcome, Welcome fellow witch. witch. We are so happy you are here. This episode is proudly brought to you by The Purist Collection, a luxury naturopath-formulated skin, body, and lifestyle brand, supporting you with herbal medicine, flower aroma, and crystal therapy, because what you put on your body is just as important as what you put in it. Available online at thepuristcollection.com. That's the with purist, P-U-R-I-S-T, collection.com. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to episode 29, Anxiety Awareness with M. Yeah, I think this is a really big topic and it's probably a bit ambitious to try and roll it into one episode, but it's something that I have been very open on the podcast about suffering and having suffered and it's something that I see in a lot of my clients as well. So I really wanted to, I guess, explain and unpack what anxiety is and how it works in the body and most importantly, what we can actually do about it. Yeah, I think this is really important as well, Em, for people to have understanding around people that do ha- mm, have it to mm-hmm. actually understand a little bit more as well. And, yeah. and what it looks like. Yeah, and so we can have that compassion for yes. others that might be um, suffering as well. Absolutely. Um, But before we do, just Mm. a quick cosmic update. Yes, please. So on the uh, 27th of August, we have a new moon in Leo. Mm. And so Leo is the characteristics of or the energy of that charismatic, brave, the open heart, that noble, um, the leader, um, quite dramatic and grandiose. Mm. So I love a... Leo new moon it's all Mm. about self-expression there's Mm. a lot of creativity and so when you're thinking about your new moon manifestations Mm. is linking it to something about what you're wanting to put out there how you're wanting to express yourself yeah beautiful I love that what are you going to be working on well I have been really diving into things that light me up Mm. and I have just made a commitment to get back into horse riding. Yes, Um, I love this. So I'm very excited about that. It's something that I used to do Mm -hmm. um, when I was younger. My mum used to take me every Saturday. Yeah. And I saw a post recently about what's something that makes your heart leap, Mm. but it doesn't necessarily, it's not for a purpose. There's no end goal. Yeah. And to me, I was like, that's horse riding. I just want to... Um, horse ride for like yeah. no reason apart from just enjoyment. Yeah. And I think sometimes we don't allow ourselves to just do something just for the pleasure. You yes. know, there always has to be a purpose behind it. So that is, um, you know, I guess tied to that Leo self-expression, new moon um, manifestation. Yeah. So that is what I'm excited about. And But also like what an amazing tie-in to a topic about anxiety because um, that inner child work and really letting your inner child play and do something that's 
joyful. Um, like you said, just for the sake of feeling joy and experiencing joy is such a great way to deal with anxiety. So I think we can all take a leaf from your book. So thank you for inspiring. Yeah, inspiring cool. me, inspiring everyone. Thank you. Yeah. So you'll see me on a horse. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, what about you, Em? So I am actually on a, um, again, very fitting for this episode. I am on a mental health camp this week. So I'm working with Zero to Hero, um, which is a an incredible charity around suicide and uh, suicide prevention and I guess mental health awareness and really as a charity approaching dealing with mental health and supporting mental health from a preventative viewpoint. So Mm. I'm working with 13 to 15 year olds this week, um, which I am so excited and so honoured to be doing. And yeah, I, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to hear about this, Anne, because I love how you've always talked to this about me and how passionate you are about it. Mm. And that preventative piece is really important to both of us, you know, because we approach the rest of our life like that with health. So, And this is very fundamental, our mental health. And so really, um, yeah, that's amazing and inspiring. So, yeah. Amazing. All right. Let's get into it. Yeah. So anxiety... Anxiety is actually a very normal and almost expected reaction to anything that is dangerous. It is going to help us to be alert in a fight or flight situation, ultimately. So we want to, in some cases, feel anxiety. But what we don't want is for that to become an anxiety disorder, which is a medical condition that sees us in that really persistent or um, an unrealistic or an excessive state of fear or worry. So we feel that there is an, an, an immediate threat, an immediate danger to our lives, um, either all the time or to an unrealistic exp- um, extent or too much, too often. Um, so that is what an anxiety disorder is. Now, there are several types of anxiety disorder. They include generalised anxiety disorder, which is kind of what I just explained. There's also obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD, which is the uh, presence of kind of uncontrollable obsessions or compulsions being driven by that anxiety. Uh, We've got panic disorder, which is anxiety that is producing panic attacks. We've also got phobia. Phobia is that really... um, I guess, more fear side of anxiety where there's that really intense and really irrational fear and usually like really um, common everyday objects and situations that might for most people not be fearful. Um, And then we've got post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD, which occurs um, after seeing or experiencing some kind of traumatic event or events that involve a threat of injury or death ultimately. So they are kind of the main types of anxiety disorders. It's not really, unfortunately, very well understood how anxiety comes about. Um, But as with all things, um, we want to look really holistically and especially in naturopathic medicine, um, we want to take on board the physical, the mental, the emotional, the environmental. And as with most health conditions, anxiety is one where we do take into account lots and lots of different factors, particularly the experience of really overwhelming and stressful events. Now that 
is difficult in itself because sometimes it's really hard for a person to pinpoint one specific moment or event and sometimes it's just an accumulation over time that becomes too much, too overwhelming for that person and that constant stress then turns into anxiety. Prolonged stress is another reason anxiety comes about. Um, Personality traits and I think within that personal limiting beliefs play into anxiety as well. Um, If we're setting really high standards for ourselves, if we're people pleasing, it's really hard to achieve those and sometimes that can bring about anxiety in us. Um, Also family history, so that genetic involvement as well. If if our family members experience anxiety or an anxiety disorder, um, we are potentially more likely ourselves. Um, Also certain uh, medications and particularly quite common ones even, um, including like Ventolin, Roxine, they're all, um, have all been shown to exacerbate or become a factor involved with the development of mm. anxiety disorders. Um, drug use and drug abuse, um, other medical conditions. So again, quite, quite common ones, hypothyroidism, but even more common iron deficiency can play into um, anxiety. And iron deficiency... <laughs> when I'm working with my clients would be something that I see in 9.5 out of 10 of my clients, definitely. Um, So again, something really common. And really any situation where we have to make a choice that is outside of our kind of default programming or our usual MO, I think. And therefore that mental resistance kicks in and that can turn into anxiety in turn. It's thought that that main cause of anxiety is basically overstimulation of our HPA axis, so our hypothalamic pituitary, aka brain, adrenal axis. When that HPA axis is overstimulated, we um, will overproduce cortisol, that stress hormone, um, as well as some of our brain hormones, our neurohormones like adrenaline, for example. What is really interesting is that twice as many women will suffer anxiety as men. Um, Now, in terms of what anxiety looks like, I think this is the most difficult part and a lot of my clients struggle to identify that their anxiety is in fact anxiety um, because they can vary so much from person to person in terms of signs and symptoms that we see with anxiety disorders. Um, And even within the anxiety disorders, the signs and symptoms are going to show up really differently. But the most common symptoms and signs are things like really rapid breathing, a shortness of breath or that difficulty being able to breathe or difficulty catching our breath, um, upset stomachs, remembering that our gut is our second brain. So I think any kind of gut, um, yeah, the gut and the brain and anxiety are so, so closely linked. Um, Muscle aches and tension, trembling, dizziness or faintness, um, difficulty swallowing, uh, sweating, hot flushes, palpitations, um, that kind of fear of losing control or a fear of dying um, and persistent or excessive worry ultimately. And I think probably at some point all of us have kind of experienced at least one of those symptoms and can kind of, yeah, identify what they look and, and feel like. So in a nutshell, 
that is what anxiety is and why it comes about or how it comes about and what it looks like ultimately. And so now I really want to talk about, because we are obviously all about empowerment through education and information, I really want to talk about the way that or some of the ways that we can tackle anxiety. Now, again, because each person's experience of anxiety is completely different, it's really important that we look holistically. And obviously, as a naturopath working one-on-one with my clients, all of their individual treatment plans are going to look slightly different at the end of the day. But I'm going to kind of um, go over lots of the different ways that I will approach anxiety with my clients, um, lots of the anxiety management tools that, um, you know, science has found to be really effective, but also a lot of the techniques that I use to keep my anxiety under control as much as possible. The first um, umbrella is really looking at your lifestyle. Now, I think that this is the biggest part of the picture and it's the hardest um it's the hardest for me to support my clients through because ultimately I can't do any of this part for them. It's something that they need to to take on themselves. And like I said, not all of these lifestyle recommendations do work for everyone. Um, so it's really a case of giving things a try and seeing what feels right and what feels good for you. But the first and foremost is regular exercise and or movement of some kind. Any kind of movement is going to be a really great way to shift emotions, particularly stagnant emotions or anxiety-inducing anxiety inducing emotions. I cannot tell you how much I hate when I tell someone that I'm feeling anxious and they say to me, just relax, relax, just calm down, just relax, don't stress, don't worry, just relax. Sometimes that is the worst thing that you can do because you can actually end up feeling more on edge. So as someone who has suffered from anxiety over many years, I can tell you it is so annoying to be told that. Mm -hmm. Um, So please, if you know someone who is suffering from anxiety, particularly acute anxiety, and they're really struggling in the, you know, full throes of anxiety inducing emotions, um, starting to feel panicked, particularly, that is the worst thing that you can say to that person. That's such a good um, point to bring up, Em. Mm. And so potentially just moving the body then, like maybe going for a walk or just moving outside or whatever, you know, you have available to you. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Regular exercise and movement. I mean, There are countless ways that it's going Mm. to benefit both our mental and physical body. But yes, in particular, especially if you're suffering from acute anxiety at the time, moving your body and shifting it out. Um, Even if you're feeling angry and quite often when we feel like those overwhelming emotions like anger, resentment, frustration, they can be quite triggering for anxiety sufferers. So to move that to punch the pillow to hit it out, whatever you need to do, um, even if it's going for a walk or a little dance around your bedroom, whatever it might be, um, yeah, some kind of movement is going to be really, really helpful and supportive here. Something that's also really beneficial for anxiety as a whole is breathing and breath work. Now, within that, there are so many different realms of, of breathing and breath work and, again, What works for one person is not going to work for everyone. Um, I am a massive yoga fan and I remember telling you, Tara, about a time that I actually did 
kundalini yoga Mm -hmm. and I'd been wanting to try it for so so long and I was going to my absolute favorite yoga studio at the time really regularly and they started offering a kundalini yoga session on a Monday evening and I was like perfect I'm going to do this signed up at the time I was experiencing panic attacks on a semi-regular basis Mm -hmm. and that class (laughs) set me off really, really, really badly. Now for others, it has been massively healing and transformational for their anxiety. For me, it was awful. It triggered off a panic attack and I was too embarrassed to leave the class. It was really pink packed class. Mm -hmm. And I remember just sitting there on the mat, crying my eyes out and the teacher didn't even notice me, which was really Mm -hmm. um, sad as well. So keep in mind that when you're breathing, uh, some breathing exercises can be a little bit triggering yeah. for anxiety, mm-hmm. particularly if you are, as I said, suffering from panic attacks at the time. Um, and what is really, really, really important here when we talk about breathing and breath work is to really um, emphasise and pay particular attention to the exhale. So working with like a four, six, eight breath. So breathing in for four, holding for six and then exhaling for eight. So doubling that exhale compared to the inhale. Really, really beautiful way um, to kind of manage anxiety and and help to diffuse it. Um, But so is your alternate nostril breathing. So closing off one nostril at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is, yeah, a beautiful beautiful It's grounding. Yeah, it's very grounding. It gets you back in your body. Yes, and really quickly, which Mm. is great. Yeah. Um, Another thing that is so important for anxiety is a really, really good sleep routine. And on the other side of that, a really good morning routine. Now, sleep sleep hygiene is so important for the nervous system, really generally. And I I don't think that's going to come as a surprise to anyone. I don't think that's a transformational piece of advice. Um, But starting the morning in a really relaxed way, as opposed to in a massive rush, is obviously a lot less anxiety inducing. Ironically, for those of us who suffer from anxiety, we do tend to put ourselves in a rush in the morning. Under pressure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So setting that alarm half an hour earlier so that you can wake up and ease into your day is going to feel so much better, so much better. Having said that, naturally anxiety and an anxious mind and an anxious body can make getting quality sleep really difficult. And it can make going to bed at a normal time really difficult. It can then make waking up in the morning really difficult. So a really intentional sleep routine and getting support for your sleep if you need to. Um, And whether that's via naturopathy or another method can be so, so helpful. The next one um, is cold water therapy. Now, this is something that I actually brought into the equation um, earlier this year and it started for me with cold showers and it's now looking like me going for a swim in the ocean in the middle of winter. Oh, my gosh. I have to tell Emily to give me a photo after for proof proof of life because sometimes, like, rain, hail or shine, she's just out there. Um, I love the ocean, so for me it's not um, terrifying. But there is um, this really beautiful strengthening of the nervous system that comes from cold water um, exposure because in that instant our body perceives that cold water as almost like a threat, as a stressful situation. However, we can breathe through it. We can survive. We are not going to die from standing under the cold water in the shower for 30 seconds. It's impossible. Mm. It's not going to happen. 
So getting through that it's and like building that, that tolerance. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. That's fascinating. So, yeah, totally. So it's really, yeah, strengthening that nervous system. Um, we were talking before about breathing and pranayama, which is obviously an and massive part of yoga. So yoga and yoga therapy, absolutely incredible. And again, um, you know, I had that personal experience with Kundalini Yoga and I'm absolutely not throwing Kundalini Yoga under the bus because as I said, there are some people who have found it really, really helpful and really transformational for them um, personally. I think try as many different styles of yoga and as many different classes and as many different teachers as you can um, because every teacher and every class brings something slightly different. Yeah, I think that's a really good um, point to bring up and because with that um, kundalini yoga, it's very activating. It opens up the crown chakra and so if you've already got that anxious mind, that can be potentially too much whereas the breathing like the pramayama is really bringing you back into your body and you're needing that grounding like getting back all those practices that you've said so far is getting back into the body. So where that Kundalini yoga can be very much in your mind. So yeah, having that awareness and also, you know, letting people know that because it isn't spoken about. Yes, absolutely. And if you want to try Kundalini yoga and you are suffering from anxiety, go for it, but do what I didn't do and let the teacher know that you're Mm. suffering from anxiety and particularly if you are struggling with panic attacks at the time. Yeah, yeah. And and there's also like yin yoga, which is yin, restorative, hatha, slow flow, even vinyasa. Yeah, em knows yeah. all of them. She <laughs> she took me to yin, and I was I brought my um water bottle. And for <laughs> everyone that know, knows yin, it's like a very restorative, like slow. Yeah. And I was picturing something like hot yoga or something like that. I'd never done it before. This was many years ago. So yeah, it's funny. It's yeah, it's really magical. Um, one of my best friends, I am very spoiled, is an incredible yoga teacher, and um, it's studying yoga therapy as well so I am a little bit um yeah like I said very spoiled Mm. (laughs) um meditation as a whole I think we've spoken about meditation in almost every single episode of the podcast because it is so incredible and there are so many different types of meditation as well I think again like we were speaking about before when someone tells you to just go and relax to sometimes we're confronted with the idea of meditating and I'll be completely honest here and say that I don't often like the thought of meditating. It's something that I find really off-putting because I think it is that idea of being alone with your thoughts and when your mind is overwhelmed. Exactly. Yeah. So doing something like um, a walking meditation for me works really well Mm. or a really short guided meditation. Yeah. Or meditating while my legs are up the wall or meditating while I'm doing my alternate nostril breathing and usually always some kind of guided meditation is best for me Mm. because my mind has then got something to focus Focus on on, Um, and it's distraction and distraction can actually be an incredible technique for anxiety. Mm. Um, It's not one that's very often talked about but it is something that can be so effective. Um, I also love journaling anxiety and again I think sometimes it can be really overwhelming but brain dumping is something that I talk to a lot of my clients about so literally emptying everything that's whirling around in your head out onto paper and not to look at that paper and go oh wow there is so much for me to think about but instead to go okay amazing some of that is out of my mind now I've popped it on paper I can come back to this another time and really shut that book really intentionally 
um, that notepad and, and put it away and, and know that you can come back to it and you're not going to forget anything. Um, but taking off some of that worry, taking off some of that load. Yeah, and especially if you're having trouble with your sleep. Yes, and absolutely. even writing down things that are you know, that you're worried about. Yes. So then it's on the paper. The yep. paper can just deal with it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, that um, opportunity to kind of um, take the load off of your mind for a second. Because very often when we, yeah, have so many things worrying through our head, whether it's good or bad things that happen that day, things that we're trying to remember, things that we're worrying about, things we've got to do tomorrow, things we've got to do on the weekend or next week. Mm. It can become really overwhelming and really noisy. So clearing some of that noise and creating some space by getting it literally out of your head is a, a really great thing to do. Mm. Um, massage is incredible for anxiety mm. because, again, we're really coming back to the body and connecting yeah. to the body. And whether that is self-massage, whether that's putting some lotion on in the mornings really intentionally. Um, and I was talking to a coach recently and she said about putting um, – she loves to do like an evening routine and she puts on her spa music and she'll literally put lotion on her body before she jumps into bed at night time. And I just loved that. Like what a beautiful method of self, self-massage. self And I know um, Abhyanka would be a really yeah. beautiful thing that you would recommend um, to people as well. Yeah, definitely in Ayurveda we do Abhyanga every day because it is just so grounding and nourishing yes. for the body for us to start with. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it's basically self-massage. Um, and yeah, but even regular massage yeah. and just to rebalance the body, exactly. the chakra the meridian points exactly yeah really healing yeah and it's a big modality in Ayurveda like we do a lot of body work is just not just just massage there's a lot of um mama points and things like that that are stimulated but it's just the physical touch of grounding into your body yes absolutely and again whether that's you or whether that's someone um, you know, a beautiful massage therapist helping you to really connect back into your body. And again, so many benefits physically and, and emotionally of massage as well. And again, I don't think that's disputed at all. Um, acupuncture can be really not, uh, another really lovely one as well. Um, I know for me that's really helped with my sleep in the past as well. And I actually, um, even though weirdly I actually have a needle phobia, (laughs) I actually used to lay there and fall asleep in my acupuncture sessions. It was, yeah, magical. Um, So that can be really lovely. And then just generally grounding yourself and spending time in nature I think is a really, really beautiful one um, for that. Absolutely. A really big thing and very often when I speak to clients about this, when I kind of um, have to chat with them about, hey, do you think that, you know, some of this stress could actually be more anxiety? Do you think that some of this worry is really taking its toll? Do you think that you're over-worrying? Are you being really hard on yourself? I will mention the idea to them, um, you know, as a, as a qualified health practitioner, I think it's really important to refer on to other practitioners where necessary and I also think it's really important to release some of the stigma around seeing a counsellor or a psychologist for some extra help and support I almost think it's something that everyone should do or try at some point in their lives because speaking to someone who is completely external from the rest of your life is just um, really freeing um, to be able to just offload to someone and I think also not not only that, you know, a lot of us um, 
have beautiful friends or family members maybe that we can that we can talk to and lean on but not all of them are going to have the tools for us to be able to cope with or deal with what we're going through at the time and I think it's also really important here to mention that I have seen several psychologists in my time and there are some that I gel with really well and there's some that I have absolutely not gelled with and never wanted to go back to ever again in my life and I think that's true of all kinds of practitioners you know if you have an awful massage therapist or you go and see a yoga teacher um, and you really don't like the way that they teach their class you're not going to want to go back but Mm. it doesn't mean that everyone is like that and I think you're always going to find someone that you gel with more. And I think it's actually really important. Um, You know, I always explain to my clients this, that, you know, they might not get along with the first psychologist that they see and that's okay. Keep trying. Um, You know, it's, it's like when a client comes to me, if they don't really like me or the way that I work or we don't really vibe and they don't think that we vibe, I would actually prefer them to go and see someone else a hundred percent because then I know that they can get the right care if they fully trust me we're going to get so much further and it's massively so with counseling and psychology yeah I think that's so important to bring up Em and like with that stigma mm. nothing typically has to be wrong no do you know what I mean not um and like it's the preventative in every area um, yeah. of your life I remember my my friend saying to me she's seeing a marriage counselor and I was like oh um, like why? And she's yeah. just like, oh no, there's nothing wrong. That's why we go. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow, that is, I love that. Like <laughs> that's that, why there's nothing yes. wrong in our marriage. Yeah. <laughs> like, like just looking at a reframing. Yes. That stigma. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What you really want, like, um, the psychologist that I still semi-regularly see now, um, I love her. Like she feels like catching up with a friend, but like I said, she's a friend that's got the tools to give me if I feel like I really need them at the time. But that's really grounding as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because what you're doing with that is grounding you back in your body, yeah. you're seeing it through a different lens and it stops the brain for a bit from being overactive. Yes. And, you know, it's it's hard to see yourself and it's hard yeah. to see your patterns. And, you know, typically our family and friends um, mm. aren't going to pull us up. Yeah. So I think that's really empowering him. Yeah. Yeah, and pull us up in a really um, productive way. way. Yeah, yeah. Um, There are a couple of uh, psychology techniques that I really wanted to uh, speak about particularly here. Um, So if you're looking for a counsellor or a psychologist and you are someone who suffers from anxiety, I personally would really look into someone who uses CBT or cognitive behavioural therapy um, because this has been shown to be a hugely um, successful technique for anxiety management. Um, It's really based on the belief that our thoughts dictate our emotions and therefore our behaviours. So changing our relationships with our thoughts is therefore going to change the emotions that encourage us to behave in certain ways and for our body to behave in certain ways. So I think it's a really, um, you know, we're all about empowerment here and I think it is a really empowering technique, um, psychology technique for anxiety in particular. So um, that's something that I would definitely look into. The other thing um, that I wanted to mention is an incredible book um, by the holistic psychologist and I'll pop the um, details in the show notes but it's called How to Do the Work. 
I absolutely love her approach. Um, as her name implies, she has a, a massively holistic approach to psychology and I think it's so important and so on board with what I do as a naturopath um, and the work that I do and encourage with my clients. But I really liked um, one technique in particular that she mentions in the book, uh, which is the 90-second rule. So what most of us don't know and are not aware of is that as physiological events, emotions actually only last for 90 seconds. Then they come to an end and that happens because our body is trying to return to that state of balance known as homeostasis. So when our body perceives a stress as having been dealt with or handled, it works to counterbalance the cortisol and anxiety that have spiked while under that stressful emotion or experiencing that stressful emotion. So this is really about not becoming mentally attached to the physiological emotion, not spinning the story, not feeding into the loop, not harboring that emotion and allowing it to fester or hang around for days or weeks or months at a time, but instead witnessing it and feeling into it and then letting it pass after that 90 seconds and knowing that it's gone and knowing as we are going through it that it's only going to last physiologically for that 90 seconds. Mm. Like I said, as long as we don't mentally hook into it. Mm. So that's the challenge to kind of, yeah, really witness and feel into it and allow it to go, um, allow, it, allow it to f- go through the motions for that 90 seconds and then let it pass. I also really want to touch on the fact that with anxiety, it is really important to very, very seriously consider your environment and your relationships and your work-life balance. What makes you happy and what leaves you feeling anxious or worsens your anxiety? People who hate their job and their job is giving them really severe anxiety, is it worth it? you being there or is it time to look for a different job ultimately and it's hard and especially for people with anxiety change is awful but is short-term change and the potential that you could find a workplace where you feel really joyful and appreciated and valued is that short-term discomfort that comes with change better in the long run for you than spending the next five years in this job that is crushing you um, it's a really hard one for to speak to my clients about, but sometimes it's what has to be spoken about. And putting boundaries in place as well, um, you know, saying no to more things. Um, there's a, another amazing book actually, um, The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck by Sarah Knight. I love this book. Um, I think that's a really beautiful one around boundaries, particularly if you're a bit of a people pleaser, uh, which a lot of anxiety types tend to be. Um, And then really looking at, do you have enough time to rest in your life? If your life is constantly go, 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 and you don't have time for that rest, and I mean proper, proper rest, like mental and physical rest. If you don't have time for that, is your anxiety realistically going to get any better? Yeah, and I just want to say in that, being on your phone and and scrolling that yes. isn't rest. No, no, that is not rest. Because a lot of us <laughs> think that is right. Exactly, that's chilling on yeah. the couch, being yep. on the phone but while Netflix is running in the background. Yeah, but that's yep. a lot of stimulation. Yeah. So much stimulation. Yeah, yeah. And and speaking about our phones, I think another really big thing that we need to take um, into account, especially nowadays, is um, 
our consumption of information and whether it's conscious consumption. Yeah. Honestly, disconnect from all of the things that make you feel like crap. Yeah, and with that, Em, can I just say this is um, – I might get in trouble for this. <laughs> um, these reality TV shows, these high-field drama um, – yeah, I don't subscribe to that. I I couldn't watch them. But if I did, I would probably, like, be a nervous wreck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't do that. So if that – but is that's so normal. Like, everyone's watching these shows yeah. and that's how a lot of people connect. But just try, like, not yeah. consuming that because, you, you know, your brain still has to digest it. It's dealing yeah. with some drama. Like, my life's already got enough <laughs> going on in it to get into other people's – Yeah. 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 And again, if you want to watch reality TV, that's fine. You know, that's up to you. But consciously decide, does this make me feel good mm. or does this make me feel like yeah, a do Yeah, how do you feel? Exactly. Yeah. You've got that option. And especially with social media, mute people. Yeah. If you feel uncomfortable unfollowing them, mute them. Otherwise, unfollow them. And I think that's where, you know, your point, M, that having that awareness mm. Because I I realised this when my husband like was flicking and this reality TV show was on and I don't watch it, but it was on for like five minutes mm. and I got drawn into it mm. and suddenly I'm like in the storyline yeah. and I was like, that's why I don't watch this. Yeah, like it hooks you in. <laughs> yeah. But same with social media, like the yeah. scroll, that scrolling action is designed to hook us in and we've spoken about this, we get yeah. that dopamine hit from it. Um, but uninstall your apps if you need to switch off your notifications limit the time that you spend on your apps like I know you can do that in your iPhone settings really easily whatever it whatever you need to do to be able to like I said go ahead and consume info go for it but do it consciously yeah this is a good reminder um mm. like I definitely need some tighter boundaries on that yeah I think we all do I think it's just that case of constantly reminding yeah yeah um, the other thing that I really wanted to touch on is connection. Loneliness has been linked to an increased risk of anxiety. Mm. And what is really interesting, though, is that on the flip side, some relationships can be as detrimental to our mental and our physical health as being lonely. Mm. So <laughs> find your people. Yeah. Um, and from personal experience, I used to be in a relationship that wasn't amazing and I also never really opened up to my friends, particularly around my relationship because I was a perfectionist. And I say I was. I, I still am. I'm I a recovering like, perfectionist. Yes, I know. Were. I am planning perfectionist Emily's funeral. Um, but I didn't want to be honest with my friends about what I was going through and I wasn't happy. Um, but the moment that I did, my friendships now are incredible. Incredible. And I'm so grateful to my friends. So, so grateful. And it's so amazing to be able to connect with people who really genuinely care for me mm. and who I'm finally allowing to actually care for me mm. as well. So, yeah, be open, be vulnerable, be honest and be yourself and spend time with the people who see you for you and love you for you. Yeah. And be selective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because yes, as we said, sometimes you'd actually be better off being alone than mm. with the wrong kind of people. And whether that's from a romantic relationship or a friendship, mm. whatever. Yeah. Now, um, as a naturopath, like I said, I look at things really holistically. So we've covered the lifestyle stuff. 
I want to talk a little bit about diet and nutrients and a little bit about herbal medicine as well. So from a dietary perspective, it's really, really important to eat a really balanced, um, low GI, high, um, high fiber diet to make sure that your blood sugars are going to stay really well balanced because hypoglycemia or low blood sugar can actually contribute to anxiety and make anxiety worse. So here I'm talking about lots of plants and plant-based foods where possible um, and enough of your macronutrients so enough protein, enough complex carbohydrates and those good fats as well. And ideally a combination of all three with every single meal and snack. And this, and I cannot stress this enough, regular meals. Um, again, to help to look after your blood sugar levels and keep them well balanced. And I am the biggest hypocrite. And I know Tara is looking at me. <laughs> I think we're both a bit guilty of this one, actually. We both have an awful tendency to skip food, but I am making such a conscious effort at the moment to really eat my regular meals. And this is also why I don't recommend intermittent fasting to my mm. clients. A lot of my clients come in and go, oh, I've heard about, you know, intermittent fasting on a podcast and it sounds amazing and it really worked for the guy who was talking about it. And I'm like, yep, yeah, cool. Does that guy have severe anxiety? Mm. <laughs> no. Um, cool. You do? Okay. Probably not then. Yeah. And this is so fascinating because again, in Ayurveda, eating food is grounding. Yes. So if you're not eating food, you're getting more, we say vata, more air. Off with the fairies. Off with the fairies. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. And also I, I said about, you know, men intermittent fasting, I think it's quite different. Again, because their uh, hormonal cycle is 24 hours. Steady. Yeah. yeah. Ours is 28 days. So very, very different. Um, but yes, I do not recommend intermittent fasting, particularly to my anxious clients. But having said that, um, you guys probably know I have a special interest in treating skin holistically. And um, again, acne can be worsened by funny blood sugar levels too. So again, um, personally don't recommend it in the in, yeah, in intermittent but fasting this, to my clients. Yeah, naturopathy and Ayurveda is very similar in that yeah. because in some body, body types, mm we it's counterindicated yeah. to fast and yeah. so I think there's this generalization that it's yeah. you know intermittent fasting but it's only really specifically depending on your body type yes yeah. absolutely and if it's something that you want to try do it with the supervision and the support of a, a qualified health practitioner yeah they'll be able to tell you if it's right for you and your specific body um which you know a, a general podcast and even this one um can't do mm. obviously so yeah for some people it works really well generally though with the diet we really want to keep blood sugars really well balanced and, and eating regular meals and uh, like I said making sure that they're macro nutritionally balanced is really important um also really important to eat really warm grounding foods as well like Tara was saying um so things like soups and stews porridge um even your cooked root veggies really really important these are so grounding um and so are your magnesium rich foods so whole grains legumes your nuts and seeds um even your raw cacao so raw chocolate um, and all of your leafy green vegetables as well and both magnesium and your grounding foods are going to really help to calm that nervous system response down. Now remember that when we are in a state of anxiety and or prolonged stress our gut is going to be impacted uh, right the way from our digestive ability and capacity to the health of our microflora in that microbiome and if we're not eating well and digesting well, 
we are going to be lacking in nutrients. Now, we need nutrients for our body to be able to function normally, including for those neurohormones and stress hormones to be able to stay nicely balanced. Um, so all of these factors uh, that are involved with, with poor digestion and poor absorption of nutrients, they can all obviously then cause or worsen health conditions, including anxiety. So really important that not only do we eat well, but that we eat really mindfully as well. So making sure that we're chewing our food properly, that we're avoiding distractions and avoiding rushing while we're eating. We covered a lot of this back in our gut health app, um, which was one of our first actually. So if you would like more tips around that, definitely go back and listen to that one. Um, I want to talk about herbal medicine because herbal medicine is my jam. I'm a green witch. I love it. Um, and I love working with herbal teas because I think there's a really beautiful, nice, easy, fairly low dose way to get into herbal medicine. Um, and these ones that I'm going to mention in particular really help to support the production of GABA, which is the neurotransmitter um, that has that really beautiful anti-anxiety effect. So chamomile, saffron, lemon balm, passion flower, all of those herbal teas are going to be really supportive. Um, passion flower, I want to give a special shout out to actually, it's one of my favourite herbs. And studies show that it is as effective in the treatment of anxiety as anti-anxiety um, anti-anxiety medications, but without any of the potential side effects, which is pretty cool. Um, also a quick note to avoid your stimulants as much as possible. So sugar, alcohol, caffeine are the major culprits here um, for obvious reasons. We don't want to stimulate the nervous system and get those um, stress hormones cranking even more so and cracking the whip on them if we are feeling anxious. Although, and I want to make a quick note here that um, alcohol initially um, actually mimics the effects of GABA by binding to the same receptors in the brain. However, the body is later going to go into a mission to sort that back out and it's going to cause a drop in your actual GABA levels, um, which is why some people actually end up experiencing um, anxiety in the mm. day or two following drinking. So you're feeling great, but you not necessarily can make that connection straight away. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I know for me, like I will feel very instantly calm from a glass of two, a glass or two of wine. Um, if I am drinking more, like if it's a special occasion or something, I will very often experience it, um, experience that anxiety mm. in the, the couple of days following, which is actually pretty awful. Um, nutrient wise, I really like to make sure that my clients uh, suffering with anxiety have enough magnesium in particular, uh, really need 300 to 600 milligrams of a readily absorbable form of magnesium per day. And I want to make special note there, there are so many different forms of magnesium and not all of them are equal. So forms like your oxide, uh, not so great um, and can actually contraindicate a few medications as well. So just be mindful and careful. Um, and in some cases I will actually prescribe GABA as well. Um, I, like I said, love working with herbal medicine and I find that herbs and my anxious clients have such an incredible affinity for one another. They work so nicely together um, and quite quickly as well, which is lovely. Um, so working with anxiolytic herbs, so valerian, lavender, Sisyphus, all beautiful. Um, your mild sedatives are going to be nice, as the name implies, really calm, like massively calming down that nervous system. So passion flower is one of those herbs again. Um, so a chamomile, lemon balm, 
your nervine tonics, which are actually tonifying that nervous system. Um, herbs like Skullcap and Bacopa and Damiana, all beautiful ones. Um, and then your adaptogens, which are actually helping your body to adapt to both mental and physical stress, which, as we know, prolonged stress or um, really, really high levels of stress will cause or exacerbate anxiety. So herbs like Withania and Siberian Ginseng are a couple of my favourites. Quick note here that, as always, I would strongly, strongly recommend getting a prescription and a treatment plan from a qualified health professional because herbal and nutritional medicine is still a medicine Mm. and it really should be respected as such. So please, please don't uh, self-prescribe. You wouldn't randomly start taking thyroxine or, you know, uh, some kind of full medication uh, without a prescription. So please don't do the same with um, herbs or nutrients because they could potentially be harmful. So that is it. Amazing. Um, that was a <laughs> – my mind is still catching up. <laughs> um, the thing I just really wanted to add as well is uh, with anxiety um, in Ayurveda, we say that anxiety-inducing things can be travel as well. Yes. So anything like fast movement, so plane flights and vehicles. So a lot of the time we're rushing, we're getting in the car and then yeah. it's exacerbating that. And so those beautiful herbs that you mentioned, Em, like also having them as like an aroma therapy yeah. to, to smell like if, when you're getting out of the car before you get in the car because um some of my clients like they really suffer that anxiety of actually being in the car yes um or lavender or something like that yeah. has yeah yes I've noticed that yeah aromatherapy yeah I did actually miss that and it's such an incredible again form of medicine Interesting note though, actually with lavender, um, there oh, is it that can do meme. the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a meme where there's like um, a lady being like, "Oh, I heard that um, uh, lavender is amazing for my nervous system," and there's like a lady with like this massive farm of lavender. But interestingly, in aromatherapy, lavender can actually be stimulating if you use too many drops. So yes, very while very you low might dose. be yeah, you might be tempted to go, "Okay, I'm I'm anxious. I need all the lavenders." Yeah, just go slow and gentle, please. Yeah. Yeah, because you have that in your face mist. I remember you've got the lavender. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. in um, the relaxed mist as well. But yeah, we yeah. just don't want to go overboard. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you go. so much, Em. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. And yeah, I'm going to chuck up some references and, and notes and things in the show notes. And the books as well. As well Definitely referenced. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. Thank you for listening. As always. Um, come and join us on social media. We are at Witches Being Witches on Instagram and then the WBW Coven on Facebook. Yeah, and if you'd like to share anything that you've taken away from the episodes, what you're loving, or like Em said, come join us in the Coven. Thanks for listening, fellow witch, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Witches Being Witches. Remember, happiness is the new rich. Inner peace is the new success. Health is the new wealth. And kindness is a new call. We'll see you next episode.